Hello from the city of brotherly love. And I kind of love this city. I do too. I've really enjoyed our time. We've we got to see a lot. We did. We'll get to that in a bit. But first, want to let everyone know that we are rolling out of here shortly uh, after recording this. We're we're hitting the road, Jersey City, New Jersey, New York City, NYC, the Big Apple. We're coming. We're gonna take a bite. <laughs> we took a few bites here. Yes, we did. And we'll get to that in a minute as well. Talk about the cheesesteaks that we had and how we ranked them. Did we like Pat's or Gino's better? What about Jim's? What about John's? What about Ishka Bibbles? Stay tuned and find out. <laughs> so, uh, but Friday's game. Uh, the home team won, finally. Yes. We finally had a victory to put under our belt. Yeah, the first of six stadiums, the first time the home team won, the Phillies won 2-1, to one, thanks to Adubal Herrera's RBI triple in the eighth inning down the right field line. He just slid head first into third base, and we were actually watching the game at that, our seats, our tickets were down the first base line, but we, as we do in every stadium, we went exploring. So when he hit that triple, we were actually standing by the third base line up on the concourse, saw a perfect view of it. Really, especially him rounding second and then coming head first into uh, third base and slamming his hand down on the ground in celebration. He got up. He was pumped because he knew he gave his team the lead late in the game. And we got, to, as you mentioned, we got to see a lot of good views from the stadium. We started out by checking out our seats and then going over to Harry Kay's Bar and Grill. Yep, named after the legendary... Billy's broadcaster, Harry Cowles. They got a statue of him not far from the entrance to that restaurant. And, but we have not been to any stadium yet that actually has a sit-down restaurant inside the stadium where you can still see the game. The Orioles have Dempsey's, but that's kind of like out of the stadium. That, that That's like a walled building, you know, separate from the actual Oriole Park. Right, and one that everybody can get into. It's not a ticketed type of seat you can go in there first come first serve you get a seat we were right next to the railing and able to watch the first pitch from there yeah it was really cool and we had the, it was a stuffed avocado that was that was different it was, it was really good yeah it had chorizo and something else i can't remember everything that was in there yeah, but it was, it was really good. good and you know the the prices at citizens bank park were were reasonable the ticket prices were fine. Uh, the concession prices were not outrageous. That um, they had the eight dollar refill souvenir cup. Yeah, you could um, get one refill with yeah. that. Yeah, it's not like Marlins Park or Tro- or Tropicana Field where you get unlimited refills. But honestly, the souvenir cups are big, and if you're drinking more than two of those in a game, you, that, that's a lot. It is, and it, it. But the other one is nice for a family. You know, you can share. But mm-hmm. yes, definitely, that's plenty. For me, for sure. 
So we got that. We've been kind of uh, collecting um, these souvenir cups from ballparks. I, uh, uh, I hope we don't run out of room. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get all of them, but yes, definitely. <laughs> we don't want to fill up the RV with plastic cups for sure. <laughs> we have enough other things. So the funny thing about Friday's game, though, first of all, it was really cold. Eventually, we'll go to a game where it was warm. The only game where we've really had good weather, as far as like pleasant, you know, sitting conditions was Miami for opening day uh, is still the Marlins. I can't, I, I'll thank them to the end of the year for donating 40 tickets to our kids. We were able to get some kids to, uh, in the foster system to a game. But that was beautiful weather that day. It was like 75 degrees and sunny. The trop was inside. But we had nice weather in Atlanta, but it was still on It was the, still a little bit chilly, right? Chilly side. And then it was downright freezing in Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. And... Friday night in Philadelphia, which is kind of funny because Saturday and Sunday here, it was lovely. Gorgeous, yes. And again, we got to explore the city, so I'm glad we did it the way we did it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was cold, but it was a good game. And then, like you said, we got to explore uh, the city on Saturday and Sunday. We'll get to that in a bit. It would not have actually mattered which game. We got here. We got to Philadelphia on Wednesday. The Phillies opened a four-game series with the Pirates on Thursday. It actually would not have mattered which game we went to if we wanted to see the Phillies win because they're 9-1 and one at home after completing a four-game sweep for the Bucks. Yeah, and thank you, Phillies, for taking care of the Pirates because there's a certain couple of teams who are now tied for first. Yes, the Brewers and Cardinals tied for first place in the NL Central. So, hey, we'll talk more about Philly and we'll discuss it cheese sticks after this word from children's hope alliance did you know there are enough kids in foster care to fill the rosters of almost 1500 mlb teams and their entire farm systems we need more foster parents visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn more you see everybody else have a family i remember just like you know like saying what's wrong with me you know josh spent 16 years in dss custody after unthinkable abuse and neglect. He came to Children's Hope Alliance last year to join our independent living program to help him transition into adulthood. I'm thankful being an independent living of the Children's Hope Alliance because I don't know where else I would be. Independent living is just one of nearly 30 programs at Children's Hope Alliance. Visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate to learn how to help kids like Josh. I didn't give birth to these kids, but they're here and they're our family and they're our kids. Carrie and her husband couldn't have a baby on their own, but they wanted to raise a family. So they reached out to Children's Hope Alliance to learn about becoming foster parents. Children's Hope Alliance helped place a little boy named Riley in their home. The couple adopted Riley about a year later, then adopted his older brother too. Now their house and their hearts are full of family. To learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org advocate. Any child should be able to at least go to a foster home and experience the family. After a traumatic past, Briar was fostered and adopted through Children's Hope Alliance. I felt like God chose this place, and I feel like when he opened the door for them being my foster parents, he also opened the door for them being my mom and dad. There are kids right now in your community waiting for someone like you to open their hearts and home. To learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate. And welcome back to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. And Patty, last week we kind of joked that we were going to eat our way through Philadelphia these last few days. And while we started out 
two nights in a row. Gangbusters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we did Cats and Geno's in South Philly, not far from where we're staying. We And we actually got one sandwich at Pat's, a, a cheesesteak, with Wiz. We shared that one sandwich, that regular sandwich, and then we walked across the street and got the same exact sandwich at Geno's. And we both agree. Pat's wins hands down. Yeah. And then the next night, on the recommendation of Keith, the guy who checked us into the RV park, he said we needed to go to Jim's. Also, not far in South Philly. In a really cool neighborhood, actually. Jim's on South. There are a lot of shops around there. There are several restaurants. It's a really neat neighborhood. It's a cool music scene down there, too. They had a, a bunch of clubs. There was a actually some uh, theater down there that people were lining up for a concert. Uh, I did not recognize the name of the band, but <laughs> I did recognize some of the artists on the marquee that was outside. But uh, And right in that same neighborhood, we didn't even realize it. We parked almost right in front of it. But another place that was recommended, actually by the bartender between, the, there's a bar literally right between Geno's and Pat's. So we went in there to kind of wash down the cheesesteaks. And the bartender there, Joe, I think his name was, recommended, he, he said Ishka Bibbles has the best cheesesteaks in Philly. And we were like, excuse me, what did you say? <laughs> right. <laughs> but unfortunately, we missed out because we didn't realize yeah, we, we didn't were parked really right next to it. Right in front of it, yeah. It's a little shop. It's got a yeah. small storefront there. Uh-huh. But save, save, we'll have to save that for another time. Yeah, so we did not get to Ishka Bibbles. We also did not get to John's Roast Pork, which is a, a recommendation we heard while at the ballpark. Uh, and by the way, remember to check out homerunonwheels.com to read our upcoming Citizens Bank Park Stadium review. And spoiler alert, it's going to be pretty positive. Oh, and we did have a cheesesteak at the stadium. It was Campos. It was their uh, like jalapeno buffalo sauce. It's, they call it the heater. And that was, was yummy. It, it was really, really good. And on a cold night, we kind of needed some of that little spiciness to keep us warm a little bit. <laughs> right. But we did not go to John's Rose Pork, which, like I said, was a recommendation of a, a couple of guys at the uh, ballpark. But we did listen to and follow through on one recommendation from those two guys. We went to the Eastern State Penitentiary Sunday afternoon, and we're glad we did. We'll get to that in a second. We're still going to wrap up Saturday. Another Philly food thing. We did, went to Chickie and Pete's and had their world-famous crab fries. Yeah, we went to the original location. And it was definitely a good experience. And I, I had the crab nachos that were also quite good. It was such a big serving, too. It was huge. Yeah, and then I, it had I aioli got, on it, though. Yum. I got a burger with a crab cake on it. And they called it, what did they call it? The, the, the jumbo tailgate, I think it was what it was called. Man, that thing was filling. Yeah, but it was kind of nice to have lunch with myself. You have lunch with yourself all the time, but it was a little bit different this time. If you know anything about Walt Disney and animated movies in Walt Disney, the name Ron Clements should ring a bell. You've seen it in credits. Ron Clements and John Musker have done a ton of movies, animated movies for Disney, like Moana most recently, Aladdin, uh, Fox and Hound, Hercules, uh, Treasure Planet. I could, I could go on. But 
I got inspired one day. Let's say I wonder how many more Ron Clements are out there. So, but nine years ago, I started looking these guys up on Facebook, and I sent a friend request to one guy in particular who lives just happens to live in the Philadelphia area. So, over the last nine years, he and I ex- exchanging messages, uh, uh, corresponding, saying things like "Hello, me, it's me again." Uh, there's a mega death reference for you. But finally met in person the other Ron Clements here in Philadelphia. Yeah, he and his wife, Lisa. Lisa. Yep, glad we did. That was fun. We were there for a couple hours, so it kind of set our sightseeing back a little bit. Uh, from there, from that lunch, the Ron Clement squared lunch <laughs> at, <laughs> right. at, at Chicken and Pete's in North City, we had to make our way back down to Old City, and uh, we could not get into Independence Hall because the, all the times were booked. Right. It's free, but you have to go and get tickets from the visitor center. The reservation. Right. But we did go into the Congress Hall, which is open. You can just uh, go in there. And, and uh, the adjacent building that has the uh, draft of the Declaration of Independence, not the signed one, that's at the National Archives in Washington, D.C., but it is a draft that was printed uh, and then distributed throughout the it was, they were still the colonies at the time, but uh, distributed throughout the colonies kind of right as the start of the Revolutionary War. Um, we actually learned a lot of history this week. Very much so. And, of course, we learned that uh, what we celebrate as Independence Day, some may say, is not the right one. Yeah, because they actually declared independence on July 2nd. The letter then was drafted and adopted on July 4th. Yes, it actually says July 4th at the top of the right. declaration. But it wasn't even signed, though, until August 2nd. So you've got three days there, basically. We recognize July 4th, but one could argue that July 2nd or August 2nd are the actual Independence Day. But as the tour guide pointed out at Independence Hall on Sunday, we did go back. Uh, kind of got ahead of ourselves a, a little bit. We did go back to Independence Hall Sunday morning and, and, and did go through there. But... Uh, the tour guide, Sarah, says July 2nd is actual Independence Day. And that the rangers at the park are the only ones who recognize it and right. and say Happy Independence Day to each other two days before the rest of the country. They hope it catches on. <laughs> right. I don't think uh, they're probably going to make much headway in convincing the 300 million other people in the U.S. Nope, I don't think it's going to change. <laughs> Saturday, though, we did uh, go down, kind of start our exploring Saturday afternoon. We checked out the Liberty Bell. Uh, We went through Congress Hall. I was in the Marine Corps, so I had to make our way down to the uh, riverfront and see the Tun Tavern marker. Tun Tavern, birthplace of the Marine Corps. Yes, folks, the Marine Corps is founded in a bar, if you didn't know that already. November 10th, 1775. So we went down there. There's a historical marker there because building's long gone. But right there, like, in, there are uh, monuments to the Irish and Scottish immigrants. That was kind of a pleasant surprise. I did not realize those were there. And on one of those monuments, it was actually the Scottish, Scottish one, one, there is a relief, and it shows a picture of the Tun Tavern. Yep. Uh, and then kind of right down from there, you've got Penn's Landing. And they were actually uh, redoing this real tall ship. Uh, it, it is a tall ship. It sails and... Uh, um, started with a G, I can't remember the name of it, but then uh, right there is the Seaport, uh, the, the Independence Seaport Museum, and unfortunately it was like 4.30 when we got there, and they were closing at 5, so we kind of did a quick uh, thing, like one of the exhibits, 
the submarine they have there and the USS Olympia, I believe it is, they were they were closed for the day, so we did not get in there. And we're well, we're unable to go back to because we did a bunch of other stuff on Sunday, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and that, but on our way back to our car, we went to City Tavern, another old. It's the oldest bar in Philadelphia. It's really not much of a bar; it's more of a restaurant. But we did sample a couple of ales there, and, and uh, it, it was it was it was good. Yes, and the servers are dressed in period yep. costume. They have the furnishings aren't original or anything like that, but they made it look like exactly. They're of the period. They made they make you feel like you're stepping back in time, and it was nice to sit and rest for a little bit. Yeah, because after that we got kind of the bird's eye view of the city. We did. We went to the One Liberty Observation Deck, and I was going to ask you what your favorite thing is. That is my favorite thing. One of my favorite things to do in any city is to go to the top of whatever I can and then be able to see the whole city. I love that. So what was your favorite thing of what we did or saw on this trip? I'm going to say what we did at Franklin Institute Sunday afternoon. One of the really? Last, one of the last things we did Sunday afternoon at Franklin Institute, we rode this sky blanket. It was, it was so cool. It was so much fun. <laughs> it, <laughs> that was fun. It was fun. like a minute long, but it, it was the highlight of my weekend outside of the game. <laughs> Being on a high, wi- high wire. Yep. That was really cool. But, I mean, uh, as far as uh, something we saw, I mean, running up the steps at the art museum, like, rock, with the Rocky theme playing in my pocket, you know. <laughs> uh, when, when I got there, the there's top, a quote for you. With the Rocky theme playing in my pocket. <laughs> when I got to the top, I don't even know if you realized, I started jumping up and down. I had my phone in my jacket pocket. Oh, no. My phone fell out. Oh. I, I had to run back and, and pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I was I was at the top. I was, I was, right. I was doing the jumping up and down. But anyway, by the way, folks, I don't want you to think that we like totally abandoned homes while we were sightseeing. Uh, we did go to a couple of dog parks prior to our little treks. Uh, Friday, we were at dog park for quite a while. We we took homes out for a, a, a good hour and a half or so, and then uh, about an hour on Saturday before we headed out to meet myself for lunch. Yeah, we walked around a little bit in the city, and it's nice within the neighborhoods that there are. There are are a lot of nice little green spaces for folks, and folks were out enjoying them. Yeah, because, again, it was beautiful Saturday and Sunday in Philadelphia. So that kind of wrapped up our Saturday. Then Sunday is kind of when we we hit it hard. (laughs) Definitely. We um, started out, again, at Independence Hall, went through there. And then from there, we hopped on the big bus, uh, hop on, hop off. We thought we were going to go straight to Eastern State Penitentiary, but we made a pit stop because it was like 10 in the morning and we had not eaten breakfast yet. Right. We checked out the Reading Terminal Market, and I had been told that they had a lot of good food stalls and different vendors in there. Unfortunately, we were there on Sunday, so we missed out on the Pennsylvania Dutch stands. They were closed for the Sunday. But we still had some really good food and nuts and spices. They're selling different goods like linens and things like that that you see at a good market. And I love another thing I love. uh, That would be probably my second favorite thing that we did. I love a good farmer's, quote unquote, farmer's market. Not everything in theirs. But it is, everything in there is local. local. There are no chains. No chains chains allowed. We both had good breakfast. 
it's kind of overwhelming when you go in there because there's so many vendors. There are. There are a lot of good choices. Yep. If you get hungry, guys and gals, and when you come to Philadelphia, you will not go hungry at Reading Terminal Market. you got to go there. You won't go hung- hungry in Philadelphia in general, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> a lot there of good places. A lot of places to eat. Although, Sunday night when we got back to the RV, what did we do? We actually uh, cooked up a steak and some mushrooms and uh, green beans, and we just ate it in the RV. But what did we put on our green beans? Old Bay. That's right. We had to get some Old Bay. We know that it's available in stores elsewhere, too, but we got some while we're in the real Old Bay type of region. Yep. So then after breakfast, we did make our way over to Eastern State Penitentiary, and uh, man, that place is massive. It It is huge. uh, Steve Buscemi actually uh, is the narrator on the audio tour. By the way, folks... One another recommendation: get the Philly Pass because it includes the hop on, hop off bus, and admission to like thirty-five, 35 attractions. I was say two dozen, so three dozen. Right. Plus, you get uh, discounts on places like City Tavern, which we did not know until after we left. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a great deal actually. It really is. Yep. So, uh, and uh, we got the two-day pass because we you know, were doing Saturday and Sunday, and uh, it was worth it. Um, but. Uh, yeah, Eastern State Penitentiary, though, it's massive. It was like a castle. Um, and Al Capone was a resident there for eight months back in 1930, 1929. Yeah, apparently he had it pretty well there. He had like a lamp in his room and a desk and all sure. kinds. Right. He had it good. Not Some of the others, not so much. Yeah, not really at all. So when they started this, the Quakers actually founded the prison. They thought to avoid prison riots and fighting and to keep people safe they would do every prisoner in isolation not realizing the mental aspects of that and that's mental tort if you're not talking to anybody if if you're in complete silence and you you can't interact people need interaction with other people you go crazy and that's what happened a lot of people started to go insane so but they still did that for a a long time they did but Again, they had good intentions, but it <laughs> didn't work out so well, as we all know and have heard stories of in, in the modern day. So as was a theme through our uh, little weekend, we could have waited for the hop-on, hop-off bus to take us down to the art museum, but it was only, I don't know, half a mile away. So we walked down the hill, and uh, we went to the art museum. There was already a line of people to see the Rocky statue. To take their picture in front of the Rocky statue, of course. Yeah. But before we did that, though, there's a huge, beautiful George Washington monument in front of the art museum on on the ground level. And from there, you have an awesome view of City Hall, which we also did. We, we were there on Saturday and Sunday. City Hall was closed, but that's an impressive building. Very much so. And, of course, William Penn is on top. The 37-foot-tall statue, the largest statue on top of any structure anywhere in the world. And one of the funny things at the observation deck that they had on the wall talked about their... The curse of Billy Penn. Right. You were not supposed to build anything any higher than the tip of his hat. So they built buildings that were taller than that. And then the sports teams started losing. And so when they built the Comcast Center, I believe it is, they actually put a small... Some guy put a small um, statuette or whatever 
of William Penn in there. And the next year? The Phillies won the World Series, 2008. Right. So that was a, that was an amusing little anecdote there. It was. And 2017, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Right. So there you go. Philly, Philly. <laughs> uh, and, and then, uh, so we checked out the George Washington Monument, took some photos. We got we have a lot of pictures to put up on the uh, the uh, uh, gallery. Probably not all the ones we took are going to make it to the gallery because it would just it would be overwhelming for for you guys if you were to check out the gallery. Then we checked out the Rocky statue, got a picture taken there, and then we did run up those art museum steps. Absolutely. That Rocky theme playing. We got to the top, we jumped up and down, and then we did something that not everybody does when they go to the art museum. A lot of people just want to see the Rocky statue, run up the steps, and they leave. We went inside. Of course. And we're glad we did because that place is, man, what a collection. It is very impressive, all of the artwork there is period furniture and as you would see in a lot of the museums of this size and and man that the floor with all of the religious artifacts and the artwork is just amazing it is that was probably the most impressive exhibit and it's a permanent exhibit too um, that was, uh, that was, it's on the second level. Yeah, you got to walk up past the Diana statue and, and all the tapestries. Those were really impressive, too. They are definitely impressive. And then there's the altars, the various altars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge but altars. Guys, if you come to Philadelphia, don't just do the Rocky statue. Go inside the museum. It's, it's gorgeous. Uh, they have a really cool, expansive collection of, of artwork. Uh, a good American artwork too. There's a whole like a whole American art wing, and there's a little miniature statue of William Penn. It was the, actually the model they used to uh, make the the large one that sits atop City Hall. Um, so from there, we actually did get on the or no. So after we left the art museum for about an hour, we were in there a couple hours. Uh, we went down to Boathouse Row, and we were hungry. It was like three thirty. <laughs> so we had we had a late lunch at this little uh, was it Cosmic Cafe and that was cool had a nice view there were actually rowing teams practicing on the Schuylkill River that was nice to to watch it was neat it was and that's what Boathouse Row is it is it, these rowing houses. houses right it's not like you go to well we had the the lake boathouses in the parks in St Louis which were just like boathouse in name and people just go there and they. There's like a little, little shop or a little cafe there or whatever. People eat their lunch. Paddle boats in that one. But but yeah, so they actually have the rowing teams from high school and college. Yep. Uh, and uh, they do a big uh, competition every year on the Schuylkill River. Apparently it's one of the biggest uh, rowing events in the country. So we finally did get back on the uh, hop on, hop off bus and... We're, we're coming back on Benjamin Franklin Parkway, and it's like 4.30. We're going past the Franklin Institute. We're like, this place closes at 5. You want to run in there and, and, and see what we can do? I guess that was a theme for us, right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and we're so glad we did because in half an hour, we crammed in so much time in the sports zone. Uh, the Isaac Newton loft. Um, we saw the, the, the pendulum stairs. But the coolest thing was that sky bike that they had up, up top. It was so neat. You this bike is uh, it has a uh, a counterweight on the bottom of it. It's on 
a high wire and you pedal out and you pedal back and then you can actually do it twice so you you can you, you're, you're pedaling backwards and then you're pedaling forward and you do that twice it takes like a minute but it was really cool it was fun it is cool and the guy when he's strapping you in he's telling you okay this is a 250 pound weight on the bottom and that will keep you from you might go side to side which i didn't really feel any of that but you might go side to side but you won't tip over you know yeah. like okay thanks and i think the rocking <laughs> is more for uh kids who you know don't weigh as much as full-grown people uh so yeah that but but that was cool and it's not included in the price of admission but it's only three bucks so pay the, definitely worth yeah, it so pay the three bucks so then we headed back to the car and Came back to the RV and got it ready to hit the road this morning, and we'll be heading out to New York City, well, technically New Jersey, and we are really looking forward to our guest on Thursday's episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast. We're actually going to meet him Tuesday to record the interview. His name is Steve Malia, and for the second time in a couple years, he is going to all 162 New York Yankees games. He's a big Yankees fan. He lives in New York. He has his podcast, The 162 Experience. You can check that out. We're going to do a podcast crossover interview on Tuesday. Patty and I are going to be on the 162 Experience podcast, and Steve Malia and his wife are going to be on the Home Run on Wheels podcast. I can't imagine the commitment that it takes to go to that many games in a season. I know. It is unreal. And, and he obviously is not driving. Um, he can go to all... 81 home games and sleep in his own bed, but he's not exactly driving from New York to Oakland and Anaheim and Seattle when the Yankees make their West Coast swing. <laughs> there are a couple places where he can drive. Obviously, if uh, with the Subway Series, he can go and and see the Mets without any any problems. He's probably going to drive to Boston and stuff like that. So there are some driving trips he's, he's been able to make, but he'll get into that on Tuesday, kind of explain what started him doing this and, and how he does it. And because, heck, we're only going to probably 40, 50 games this year, and, and it's rather daunting. <laughs> it is. It has been so far. Yeah. So, folks, have a good week. And, uh, again, tomorrow we're interviewing Steve Malia of the 162 Experience Podcast. You can listen to that interview on Thursday's episode of the Home Run Podcast.